0: Nobody
1: wants to know what Ben's going to be, I guess, for Halloween. We already got my mic checked.
0: But I told All you right, yesterday I'm going to be David and work from home. Okay. David never works from home. I know. He did one day last week, though. For uh, half the day. Yeah. I told, came back on Friday and said, you should do that more often. And then corrected myself and said, you could do that more often. Like, now that we don't want him here.
1: Yeah. Well, now that cap season is gone.
0: Cap season is has passed. Um, this will be admissible in court, probably. The long-time harassment over his exposed caps. My hurting watching. That's probably as good a time as any for us to go ahead and start this episode of the Video Reformation episode Podcast. Episode 16? Episode 16, I believe. Look at us. Episode 16. Yeah, lucky lucky 16? Mm-hmm. Sweet 16. Sweet 16, there it is. Mm-hmm. This is our sweet 16 episode. She so.
1: had our quinceañera.
0: Yeah, that was that was a couple weeks that ago. That was 15. Two weeks ago. We should have recorded an episode from San Francisco. It would have been fun. We were busy.
1: Yeah, we had a lot yeah. going on. We
0: did. All right, so before we jump into our topic today, which is building in-house video teams, which I think will be an interesting discussion... Um, I believe we have a new sponsor this week. Do you want to just let us know who that is and then we'll get to their ad later?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, um, well that our sponsor this week is cozy toesies.
0: Cozy toesies. Yeah. Welcome to the cast. Cozy toesies. Uh,
1: they'd like to welcome
0: you, our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. And thanks for thanks to cozy toesies for letting us keep doing this every, uh, every other week without our sponsors, we'd be just a boring podcast about video stuff all right so on to today's topic um building an in-house video team i guess my first question to you would be why might a company want to build an in-house video team
1: because video is becoming such a like a, a staple in b2c b2b any type of business we've seen that shift happening a lot lately they can range in size, but it just makes sense. Just like a lot of companies have web developers on staff and have copywriters on staff, as you start to use those things a lot more in your business, you start to bring that in house. You know, it kind of starts out there in the field and the fringes and works its way in.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that now so many companies have seen the return they can get from their video content, and so they feel like they need to be doing more of it. I think bringing your video in house largely helps you create more content, faster and cheaper. And so I think it's probably the kind of thing that companies who've had success bringing in outside people to help them make video, the video has worked. And so they realize they need to do more of it. It's not necessarily that it needs to be better or it needs to be, you know, better. It just they just need to have more of it. And so I think it just makes sense at some point to bring somebody in. And today we're going to discuss what three different versions of that may look like
1: I, w- I would argue that better could like from a consistency standpoint better could be yeah. one you know a reason to do it in-house as well yeah that's true if you're working with a variety of freelancers every editor's got a different style every you know director shooter all that kind of
0: well and, and we've even some unpredictability we've, yeah we've even put together uh video branding packages for clients and they don't distribute them properly to their freelancers and so they don't end up getting used so yeah if you've got that all under one roof there is ultimately and i think at least on on my suggestions on the kind of people you bring in for these different levels of teams ultimately there's one person responsible for the quality of the content that's going out and so yeah i do think that consistency is, is a part of it so consistency volume speed speed cost Cost. You just keep saying words, and I'm going to repeat them. A <laughs> well, little I mean, louder. but
1: all those are different levers you're going to have to play with and figure out what what do you need.
0: And 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 I think creating regularly scheduled content would be for me as a business owner would be the deciding factor for me. If I knew that I was going to be churning out content on a regular basis, it's a whole lot easier to take that risk and bring someone in house. I mean, we've even seen it, right? I mean, we started with a vision of of this company as as never having anybody in house. It was always going to be freelancers, yeah, because you just bring them on by job, and and that makes sense. But once you get to that kind of critical mass, with a volume with a volume of work, it actually makes more sense from a project management standpoint, from a consistency standpoint, and and then from a cost standpoint to have people on staff Mm -hmm. to do those kinds of things. Um, And so it it, it makes sense for an in-house team too. What are some of the disadvantages of bringing video in-house? And I I guess one question before that would be, when we're talking about bringing video in-house, are we talking about building a team or are we excluding any external partners and doing everything Every part of everything. In-house.
1: I don't think you can expect to do every part of every project in house. Mm. I mean, you like, even as it go- comes down to like equipment, you may need special lighting for a certain thing. Like when you build an in house team, you're going to buy equipment and software and all that kind of stuff too. At some point, you're going to need something that you don't have. And so, whether, renting cameras, getting someone else on, an audio person on set, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you're going it, to, it's going to change. Uh, on every production, or unless you're doing the same content every time, um, what was the what was the question? So that,
0: well, yeah, so that that was that was kind of the question that needed to be posed first. Is oh, inside outside? Is inside outside, is it exclusive?
1: Right. And I do and right. I
0: agree with you. I don't think it ever can be exclusive. Um, but what are some what might some of the disadvantages be of an in house team? I think of uh, honestly, I think of one off the bat, and maybe it's just a little. Maybe it's a little cynical, but I worry about quality when I hear people bringing someone in-house to mm-hmm. do video. And I, I think it's with the smaller teams, more where yeah. they're bringing one person in. Um, I, I think that's a concern that, that I have with clients, prospects, just people in our network who are bringing someone in. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even clients and prospects that they already have one person in. There might be one thing that they're good at. Mm-hmm. They might be good at documentary style. Right but because that's what their experience is in, but they have no experience with any kind of scripted content. And so what you see is a whole bunch of the same doc style type content without any, any variety in the content. Mm-hmm. And so I think that gets a little limiting yeah. sometimes. What else might be a disadvantage of?
1: I, I'm trying to come from our listeners' point of view. Um, some of them, if they're listening to this and they're, they're considering bringing video in-house, I'm sure one of their concerns is cost. Why, like, does it make sense to even have this person around or these people around, or can we just go out and get it when we need it? And that's just, I think that comes down to, <clears throat> are you dedicated to using video or are you not? Uh, you've got to make that decision before you bring somebody in house. Sure. Otherwise it will be a waste of money be- being an in-house video person in my past. I found that it's not always my only responsibility mm-hmm. um, and so other things would get handed to me and video projects tended to slip and so they weren't getting done faster mm-hmm. they were getting done cheaper that's interesting um, they're getting more and they're getting it cheaper but it wasn't happening faster if that makes sense
0: I don't know if it's a disadvantage but it's certainly a concern is when you bring your video in-house you've got a you're responsible for managing that entire process Mm -hmm. so if you're used to your video partner, video vendor, whatever you know, writing scripts and making creative suggestions and you know, casting and and all of those pieces that we've discussed in prior episodes are a part of making video you've got to either rely on that person or people you're bringing in to handle all of that or that's an additional thing that you're going to have to put on your own plate Mm -hmm. is making sure that the scripts are done mm-hmm. and on time and the right. And so there's a whole project management producer responsibility that until you get to a team of a certain size, there's probably something that's gonna end up falling on your plate as the person in marketing or mm-hmm. sales or whatever who's responsible for you know, managing that video team, individual person or small team, either way. So I don't know that it's necessarily a disadvantage, but it is something that I would strongly consider as you're building a team is you know trying to get the an honest assessment of the capabilities of the people you're bringing into the team we're going to talk a little bit about what each of us think are the important roles but i think probably just hiring in general uh the people who are really good at hiring are good at at understanding you know what what the people they're hiring are good at and what they aren't necessarily so good at and if they're not necessarily good at it it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be done it means that you're probably going to have to do it um so it may just take a little bit longer especially if you're less familiar with video you may need to let your interviewees lead you a little bit on what they see as the whole process and what part they can what part they're good at um and so there is a little bit of a risk there Mm -hmm. um but i think that's also why you know the, the different size teams, you can also bring on one person, let that work for a while, mm-hmm. and then and then once you kind of get into a rhythm and, and know what that person's capabilities are, then you can build in those other pieces around it. So you can go from like a one-person team to a three-person team to like a full in-house team. Um, and that's one trajectory you can take. And then, you know, you could also be at a company that's of a certain size where you need to go ahead and start with a three-person team because you've got two or three (laughs) vendors that you're used to working with and you're just going to say, it's time to go, you know, Mm in-house. We're going to need three people to put on this team. So a couple different ways to look at what we're going to, the recommendations we're going to make in this episode. Okay, so um, any other advantages or disadvantages of building an in-house team or or why? (laughs) I'm sure there are. Um, Why don't we jump into... Uh, kind of the the starting point for a lot of in-house video, which would be bringing in kind of a one-person uh, team. How would you... So, for context, we're going to discuss the personnel required, which obviously a one-person team means you're bringing in one person. But I think you and I probably have slightly different... As we go on, we'll have more different sure. ideas of what that skill set should be. We're also going to talk about tools that you need to give that person and that that person needs to to be able to have access to and to use. Um, So if you've got one person that you're bringing into an in-house team, what do you want that person to be? Um,
1: So, yeah, we've got a one-person team, three-person, and then full in-house, whatever that looks like. Um, For each of those, though, I've kind of drawn a line. I think there's... Uh, there's companies who need one in-house person that are like with really high expectations and then need high quality content, video content. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's some who are just kind of dabbling and kind of need content, period. Okay. Um, And I'm thinking of, um, obviously Tesla's bigger than, Uh, some of the parameters are set around this one person team, but like, you know, they have, they don't even produce commercials, right? They don't advertise, but they produce a lot of content. Um, But they need that content to be of a certain caliber. So um, my guess is they don't have full in-house capabilities, but they probably have like, at least a producer, someone who can like manage that project. Mm -hmm. So So for the one person team, most companies that are looking at bringing video in house are probably looking uh for someone who can write, shoot and edit. Their their quality expectations are probably um not as high as Tesla. Um so that writer, shooter, editor, someone who can do all three of those things. Um I feel like most of the time in that in that one person team uh, that writer-shooter-editor is usually shooter-editor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do a whole lot of writing. Yep. Uh, and that's just given the time constraints, uh, expectations set from the beginning. Um, and so that that is one of the drawbacks, I think, uh, of having that writer-shooter-editor, one-person, low-quality expectations, is if your expectations are low, you're probably gonna get low-quality
0: work. Mm-hmm.
1: To some degree, you know it may be just what you need, but if it's
0: consistent, yeah, that it, is an advantage. It, and, and if there's a lot of it, then yeah, that's what the, you need. Yeah. You know, and, and especially if it's lower in the funnel too. I mean, we've talked before about how it's the, the the higher in the funnel you go, the bigger your budgets generally need to be. The higher the production quality needs to be. So if you've identified strategically that your best opportunity for volume of video content is lower in the funnel, it can be scrappier which is our nice way of saying cheaper mm-hmm. um, and um, I, I think I'm so there's a Venn diagram of, of your choice and my choice where the intersection is on the shooter and the editor I came at it from shooter editor with some basic MoGraph skills um, as opposed to a writer because I also wanted to take into consideration who's on the team so let's Marketing is usually the biggest example. I'm sure there are opportunities where a sales team could be bringing in a video producer, a customer success team could be bringing in a video producer. But I think the most accessible uh, opportunity and example is on marketing teams. So my assumption is if you're at a point where you're considering bringing video in-house, you've probably got, at the very least, a copywriter on staff. Yeah. You've probably got a graphic designer, a creative director, they may be the same person. But those things are probably there because of the other content that you're producing.
1: Mm-hmm. Even anywhere from brochures to website copy to anything.
0: Yeah, right? to anything. To yeah. to paid ads to social posts. I mean, you know, so so I think all of these levels of in-house teams need to work with the rest of the existing team that's there. Mm -hmm. But for the one-person team, if there's a copywriter on staff already, then we can train that person how to write for video. There are some Mm -hmm. different things that you need to consider when you're writing for video, because you get to show and tell, oftentimes. Um, So we can take that person, and if they're a good copywriter, get them to understand what they need to do differently when they're writing a video script. And then if I'm if I'm bringing in someone who's got experience shooting and editing, then uh, to me that's the core. And where you went writer as kind of the next part of that, I went MoGraph. And it doesn't even need to be that they need to know After Effects, for example. Mm-hmm. They need a basic design sense mm-hmm. so that they can quickly put together titles some nice looking titles you know ctas that are easy to read if it's you know you're considering mobile and so it's a thicker text and not a thinner text just it's almost more about like the eye for that kind Mm -hmm. of thing than than the technical ability to do anything fancy Mm -hmm. with motion graphics
1: because you can i mean you can get if you're using one of the tools i would suggest that this person have is um Premiere, yep, uh, Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro Ten, and yeah, and but you don't even both of those. You don't even you don't need After Effects or something right. high powered because there are a lot of title templates that can plug yep. right into either of those programs. Yep. So it may cost you fifteen dollars to get a title pack, and now you've got your your video branding <laughs> yeah. taken care of for yep. now. But yeah, that, that is one thing that I think is often overlooked i think you just mentioned that a second ago too is that whole branding video branding it's a whole different animal than than all the other branding that you've currently got so if you're just starting out with video and you've got a beginner like you know maybe this person has a lot of experience but as a one-man band they're probably not suited to create your video branding um that could get a little choppy and scary for a while but Mm -hmm. you'll start to figure things out i think simpler is better in that
0: regard but but if i if if i if i think to Back to when I was a one-man band freelancer. If I had been brought in at a a company and responsible for video, I wouldn't have had any problem working with their graphic designer Mm -hmm. or creative director to have them graphically lay out what I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to do, and I can figure out. How to put that into animated in or something? Right? How to animate it in, <laughs> yeah. and, and whether it's whether it's taking like an Adobe Illustrator image, mm-hmm. and, or or just them giving me a reference with like the hex code for the colors, sure. right? Like I I could probably figure that out. Yeah. To to the point where your creative director, your graphic designer, is still saying this is what this needs to look like. Yeah. But that person doesn't know how to put it onto a timeline right. in one of those editing programs, and that editor may not know how to design it so the two of them coming together can make it work but again that's kind of why i went with like just that basic eye for a graph sure. you can still run it by the graphic designer or say hey give me something cool and then you know oftentimes less is more yep. on animations anyway so might as well just keep it simple and and like you said So much, and and in fact, I didn't include. We'll get to tools next. I didn't include After Effects until we get to the three person team, right? As a part of the tool that's necessary because all that stuff is just built in,
1: it's more than you need.
0: Okay, so we basically agree that it's someone who's got experience and skills as a shooter editor, and then if they've got writing experience, that's a bonus. If they've got some basic Mograph, that's a bonus. Mm -hmm. Either way, you go there, and then of course, ideally, if you've got someone who's got some writing experience, I you know, we. Um, mm-hmm. We also are very big on hiring good writers, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that that I would do wherever I was, um, because someone who can write well, even if they're not writing for you, it means they can form their thoughts well, mm-hmm. right? They can explain themselves, mm-hmm. and the better mm-hmm. they can do that, the better they're gonna, the easier it's gonna be to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even if you don't have somebody who's going to be doing the writing, or if you've already got a writer hire the better writer anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to ask for a writing sample necessarily. If there's, there's a cover letter emails, involved yeah. or, you know, read read through What's a whole bunch of their emails, like. how well do they communicate? That's a good read into, can they actually form thoughts yeah. Yeah. coherently? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some of the tools that this one person team needs. I'll go ahead and start with cameras.
1: Yep, I think a simple DSLR, whether that's Micro Four Thirds or Nikon or Canon, I don't care necessarily. Whatever they're comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I, I I've got it as like, you know, obviously they need one camera. Yeah, two would help. Two would help. Two is is is, is is more than twice as good as one when yeah, it comes to cameras because twice, yeah. you've got the opportunity to be more creative with your edit when you've got multiple. Um, Uh, angles to switch back and forth from. Another thing to consider there because it's just so prevalent now is if they're 4K cameras, you can almost get four angles out of two cameras Mm -hmm. because anybody listening to this doesn't need to be delivering any web video content in 4K. You can deliver in 1080. So if you're shooting in 4K, that means you've got the opportunity to punch in uh, to zoom in uh, on that 4K shot And not lose any resolution At 1080p So If you've got two 4K cameras For your One person team Then they basically got At least four angles That they can choose from A DSLR is enough You know One of the mirrorless cameras Like a, I think the A7S 2 Is a mirrorless um, Even the Blackmagic Like pocket cinema cameras mm-hmm. um, They've got a relatively new one That's out That's like a 6K Canon EF mount pocket cinema camera thousand 2500 but um uh but the old pocket cinema camera is like 995 or something like that so um so yeah one camera is a must two cameras opens things up quite a bit um along with camera
1: you got to have a tripod one for one for (laughs) each
0: yeah i didn't even put tripod on here but but that is true it, it
1: does not have to be spectacular right you don't have to be moving cameras they just need to be stable yep so tripods are good for that
0: yes that is true <clears throat> what about lighting i think you gotta get i think you gotta give your person a three-point led lighting setup yeah um at this point if you're buying gear for your person then i would just go with a uh, a bi-color led three lights um we can put some examples in the show notes of this stuff yeah um Uh, The light panels are great, ICANNs work. Um, There's so much out there right now, it doesn't have to be super. It's probably
1: a new Japanese company every day making them.
0: Chinese, they're just ripping off whatever, (laughs) (laughs) everyone else's uh, IP. But um, yeah, if you you give your video person three lights, then they can do basic three-point lighting, um, which means if they're doing a basic interview setup kind of thing, they can set the key light, the fill light, and the hair light um and they can make you know they can make that work and then i suppose Mm -hmm. along the lines of tripods you need to get stands
1: yeah however that needs to work yeah yeah um so that'd be three light stands
0: yeah three light stands for your three led lights what what you had uh is that what you had
1: uh i didn't have a three point i just said some basic but i probably wouldn't end up there if i kept developing that microphone
0: yeah i think you got to give them a, a lav which is a lavalier microphone, a shotgun. Wireless,
1: cordless lav. It doesn't
0: have to be, but it would certainly, wireless, certainly wireless labs still have wireless. (laughs) Yeah, they do, but, but there's a, there's a transmitter and a receiver, right? So there's no wired connection between the recorder or the camera and the talent. So they can move around. So if you're getting one, you might as well get one that's wireless. Uh, the Sennheiser's are really nice. G3, uh, or something like that. Yeah, g3 ew3 uh, whatever it is the sennheisers are nice um it's nice to have uh, a, a shotgun too yeah a, a shotgun is is you're gonna get better audio a must um in fact you're probably if you had to choose one i think you're better off with a shotgun than a lav but again i think just give give your in-house video person the option um, the best thing shotgun. about
1: the lab is that it just connects to this person talking. Um, the boom just requires more equipment. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and if uh, and again, so the, the if you've shotgun. got a one-person team, and they're using a shotgun mic, they're going to have to put that that boom arm on a stand. Mm-hmm. And if that talent is moving around at all, that talent can't move around at all <laughs> because they're going to walk away from the mic, yep. and it's going to sound kind of like this does right now. Yeah. Like as they get further and off axis from the mic, it's going to sound terrible. Whereas if they've got a lav, then no matter where they move, the mic is eight inches from their mouth and their mouth is where their sounds come from. <laughs> as I understand the it. The ones you want to record. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, and yeah, so, and, and having both is, is again, uh, just more flexibility. Um, depending on the camera you've you're getting um you may want to have an audio a separate audio recorder um there are also some preamps that you can get that then route the audio directly to the camera itself which would take out a step of of syncing audio uh, for the editor but if they've got any experience they're probably used to uh syncing audio at this point anyway so a separate audio recorder is going to be better noise floor um, than what you're going to get straight into the camera anyway so your audio will sound better and as we've discussed many times before audio and video is hugely important Um, so the quieter you can make that noise um, the better it's going to sound
1: that really is about it for equipment
0: yeah um, we've discussed premiere pro or final cut pro 10 Um, and then i think you got to get this person a computer with at least 16 gigabytes of ram um and a a decent gpu yeah Yeah, they're gonna need a computer to edit this stuff (laughs) it's not film that's coming out of these cameras and they're they're offline editing so um you know a decent a decent amount of ram and a decent gpu are, are what's gonna make things fast for them they could work with anything um but you know, the slower the computer, the the harder it's going to be to uh, to get stuff done on time. Mm-hmm. So, if we're talking about a volume of content and consistent, you know, consistently publishing content, got to be able to hit those deadlines. Um, that's all I had for for the one person team. Do you have anything else to consider for them?
1: No, but I just wanted to touch on that, like higher quality role, because that that's like for most of our listeners is probably where they're. What we just talked about is probably what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But I could see uh, a company like one of our like our one of our clients from the Bay Area, you know, like they're, they're Series D kind of company. They've raised, you know, they're valued at a billion dollars. You may you may not want that low value, low quality type of content as much. Uh, and you may only rely on, you may only want high quality, but you only have enough room in your marketing team for one person. I think it's it's about getting someone who's got, who they probably had agency, a lot of agency experience as a producer, know how to hire crews. They know how to put together timelines, budgets, all that kind of stuff. I think, it's, I think if they're gonna be building some in-house team at all, and they have really high expectations, they need that Uber producer who's probably got five years agency producing experience. Because I could see, I, I know what you're talking about in terms of like top or bottom of the funnel, but I feel like there's, if, if you if you just need content at the top, then that's more likely you need to hire that producer
0: person for a one-man band. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Well, would that make that a two-person team then?
1: No, I would, because you, well, interesting.
0: Because I brought a producer in at the three-person team.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I've got one there, too. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I think... I think If you're only shooting stuff for the top of the funnel.
0: If I wanted to agree with you, I would say that, that yes, even if you're bringing video in-house uh, or you're hiring someone full-time to be your one-person video team in-house, you're going to still have to rely on outside people. And so you're going to want someone in-house to have that production capability, um, that producer capability to manage those things. If I wanted to disagree with you, I would say that the person that we're speaking to who's considering this decision right now is probably used to doing that already and and being the person who has worked with their vendors um, and so probably has enough experience to continue the existing vendor relationships they have even if they're bringing in someone in-house to do some of the more volume kind of stuff um so i think there's a way to do uh, to do the one the one person team as a way to add volume and um timeline wise consistent content Mm -hmm. um but going back to the beginning of the conversation you know I, i don't think it's exclusive of working with with other partners for that higher quality mm-hmm. stuff too. So, so I, I, just, you know, if you're going to be producing high, high quality content, you're one person's not going to be able to do that for you. And so you probably need to look into more of the three person team level, mm-hmm. which is what we'll discuss next mm-hmm. after we hear from our sponsor. All right. So, uh,
1: an unfortunate thing, you know, when the storm came in, was that two nights ago? Sunday night or do we have rain sure we left the windows open right next to our big we have a bunch of letters and like fan mail and stuff and we had a new sponsor package it was kind of buried in there we didn't really get a chance so all the copy got wet
0: this is what they pay the big bucks for
1: yeah well I mean we didn't follow up with them or anything but there was the money in there and everything so we're, we're doing you know holding up our end of it so cozy toesies.
0: Canadian loonies, which I thought was a little
1: a little <laughs> very odd. Very heavy. Yes. Very heavy to send. That could have yeah. saved a lot of money and we could have got a
0: lot more if yeah, it just, we we do accept wire transfers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's this weird I can't quite figure out it's like a sleeping bag for your foot. Kind of this um maybe we can describe it to our listeners here. This one happens to be black, but there were other colors.
0: So in it there. looks like a sock. Yeah. You could say that. To me it's just a sock. Oh. Well, maybe put it on. Give it a little... Where do I put it on? Do I put it on my ear?
1: That's what I'm wearing. What's the wear name of? the company? Cozy toesies. Cozy toesies. What if I put it on my foot? Well, that's where I've been wearing it.
0: Oh, you've been wearing it. Well, yeah. Well, then I definitely want to put it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, give it a try. Okay. <laughs> Taking then, off my shoes. Yep. Yeah. And just... Uh, taking off the socks I already have. Oh, you're right, you have these too? Yeah, look, mine are, mine are red, white, and blue. Those are cool. Yeah. And now I'm putting on this previously worn sock looking <laughs> thing. Oh yeah, people are watching. <laughs> and, uh, over the over, over the sock. So you have another sleepy. Oh s- my sleep god. Beat. My toes are so cozy right now.
1: Yeah wow you're like dripping right like just oozing into your foot yes my feet sweat
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so so it's a sock it's what it is okay yeah okay but it makes your toes cozy
1: right it makes them fall asleep
0: oh i see yeah you feel that like so like comatose
1: comatose (laughs) you should have came up with that name that was
0: that was a good one ben
1: thanks All right. So I'm going to put it back on my... Gonna...
0: Yeah, uh, your, t- your toes look cold from here.
1: It was. Now I can't feel them.
0: Anything else in that uh, ad? Uh, that's about it. Yeah, so <laughs> thanks to Cozy Toes and their special Coma Toes line <laughs> of socks.
1: I get it. Apparently they're socks. Nowhere on here does it say sock.
0: Well, it, I, we are so fortunate to have Cozy Toes uh, thank as you. our new sponsor. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for making socks. Um, Okay, so let's talk um, about a three-person team. All right. Uh, Who are you going to put on this three-person team? I I guess, let me ask this first. Are you building this three-person team as a later version of the one-person team, or is this from a... I gotta bring in a decent sized team to from the beginning here. I'm bringing this in house. Uh, I'm gonna bring in, I got budget to bring in three people. Who do I bring in?
1: Yeah. I, I I again kind of split that. I feel like you could go in two different directions. You could go to like, okay, we've just went public and now we need to have this like legit team in here. So do, you know, maybe more of that top of the funnel stuff. And then I've got a just a grown up version of the one man band. Okay. Um, I so for that, that maybe the lower expectations or lower part of the funnel, I think that kind of jives. Um, I originally had a writer sure editor in this.
0: I want to take a moment and just make sure that everyone understands that when you're saying lower expectations, you don't mean bad. <laughs> you just mean not shot on a sound stage with a cast of a dozen people. exactly you may not even have actors yeah
1: you're using people from inside the company but it's still quality content it's just the production value isn't a tiffany's commercial yes okay um but good point so I, i i took that writer shooter editor and broke that up into three people okay i understand the value of having because i know you said you put producer on that list Mm -hmm. i understand that the value of that and i I in my head that responsibility of that producer just transfers to the manager on who under whom this team works okay and it's it's about kind of making sure that they're in budget uh timelines are hit quality standards are met um and then making sure the team's working well together Sure. So, I mean, those are, those also, so a lot of times people talk about editors as being the last writer, or you've heard that before. I think you, and, that's where I heard it. Uh,
0: yeah, I think I coined it. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. I, I'm not, I'm well, not going to say that nobody's ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say. I've said it before. I've said it for a long time. And I don't know that I've heard anybody else say it. I'm not yeah. claiming I made it up, but uh, um, I do feel that way. <laughs> I th- okay yeah uh well
1: in in the same way I feel like obviously the writer is the first writer uh, Mm -hmm. but the shooter director that combination that production experience they also have an opportunity to write this piece Um, and sometimes it happens during pre-production as they work with the writer Uh, sometimes it happens during production um, sometimes it happens during post. What I'm getting at is, all three of these roles they have to be good at communicating. Mm-hmm. Those are all like the because they're all opportunities to write the the final piece. Um, you know, I feel like each of those people, the writer, shooter, editor. If you have those three, they should be working together through pre-production production production, and post yeah i think i think it's important that and they're probably going to need to because they'll need someone to hold the boom or or you know hold the movie as someone's directing or whatever it is um so it's a very it's a very tight team they work together almost on everything um you can obviously split them off and do work on multiple projects at any given time but um some projects are going to require a lot more pre-production and that maybe includes a lot of you know the shooter and writer up front working together that director shooter um sometimes it's more post-production heavy but it should flow kind of have a nice flow to it Mm -hmm.
0: so i think i think it's uh, as i look at my list i think it's interesting that that what i did was assume that everyone we're hiring is a good writer so I kind of came at it from a place uh, i i guess subconsciously because i don't have a writer actually designated as a person on this team until we get to like the full in-house team and i have six roles for that (laughs) um but uh yes i so i believe that every person that you should hire should be a good writer i still think that if you've got a copywriter if you're hiring a three person video team you've got a big enough marketing team that you've got a writer or some writers you can still work with them um I've got a diff kind of a different, I mean, I've I lumped together, How do I don't want to say this. If I were hiring three people, I would want them to be as um, multi-talented as possible. Mm-hmm. So the first role that I've identified for this team is a producer, director, creative producer, which I think it's kind of like producer plus director equals creative producer. So someone who's got the experience. Managing projects, making sure that, you know, uh, creating budgets, running budgets, um, keeping all the stuff going, making sure that extras are cast, or going through the whole casting process with a talent agent, or finding a location or whatever. Like maybe someone who's got,
1: run a small, small production, like a two-person production yeah. company yeah. kind of thing.
0: Yeah, or, or been a producer at an agency or a project yeah. manager at an agency yep. maybe. Um, and so, but they also... But they're not just a producer, but they're the person who knows I got to get craft services uh, for this shoot. Or I got to book the studio for these three days so that we can do it. Like just the person who knows all of those like project pieces that have to happen. But I also want that person to to have the ability to be a director on set. In certain, so they need to have a – that's why I end up kind of calling it a creative producer because they're the one who knows – how to get all the little things done leading up to and and during the shoot but they're also working with the rest of the team like you said throughout the whole process Mm -hmm. to help define the creative concept and revise the scripts and and so this is a very um a very collaborative team still at three people so i've got my producer Kind of <clears> primary <throat> producer, but also ability to be a director. And so I call that a creative producer.
1: I'm not sure who else is on this list, but that person should probably get paid the most.
0: <laughs> yes, that person should definitely get paid the most. Um, and then I've got my um, my director slash shooter mm-hmm. slash maybe editor. So, like, it, this could be the person who was your one-person team after a couple more years of, of experience. So they're not just a shooter editor, but but they take that experience editing because anybody knows that the best director, well, people in this field know that the best directors are those who, who shoot for the edit. Mm-hmm. So, so if you've got experience as an editor, you're gonna be a better director. So this is the person who on probably 75 or 80% of the shoots you're doing is probably directing. They're probably also working the camera. And then they've got some editing abilities, if not only for um, how they direct, but also depending on the capacity. Because your other guy is kind of the, or or girl, is the editor motion graphics person. So you've got a dedicated post-production person, Mm -hmm. basically a dedicated on set person and then a at the top of it is a person who just makes sure all of all of it comes together. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how I would do as that kind of creative producer, a director shooter with editing ability, and then an editor motion graphics person. And this is the point where I would bring <coughs> After Effects ability mm-hmm. into that. For sure. So it's it's you know, it's probably premiere or final cut and it's and it's after effects or Apple Motion. Um, but that one person has, you know, your, your director, shooter, editor doesn't need to have any of those Mograph capabilities, but your post production person can do the editing and the motion graphics.
1: So, as you know, I built two teams, and that the more experienced team for uh, option okay, two yep.
0: is exactly what you just said. Yep. Um, for those who can't see, Justin's holding up a piece of goldenrod paper. Um, on which he has written his ideas for this episode. And he showed me exactly what was on that page, um, which was, which was exactly producer, what I just, director,
1: shooter yeah. and Mo graph editor. Yep. And that person, that Mo graph editor, I've got them as a workhorse. They're always editing. Yes, they're all, always, they're
0: <laughs> constantly doing something. Yep. Yes. And they're probably, but they're probably going to have to help out on set. Right. Because you're doing stuff. That's, that's the one day require, you're not editing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think at this point, it makes sense from a tools perspective to to be at, at two to three cameras. Um, just, you know, a third camera doesn't bring as many options as adding a second camera <clears throat> to, to a one camera setup, but you're probably doing enough now where you want multiple angles. So you definitely got, where, whereas with the one person shooter, they can probably work with one camera. You've definitely got at least two. Um, you might be up in like the Ursa Mini or FS7 type range here, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. Um, some additional lights I think would help so you can do like the three point lighting but also like backdrop the space or the green screen or the backdrop or or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, I've only added one additional lav so that you could get two people (laughs) talking at the Mm -hmm. same time Um, and then you know I would add after effects Um, some experience with Adobe Audition probably makes sense yes Um, Just because, again, audio is so important. And so there's a lot you can do in Premiere or Final Cut. But if you know how to work Audition, you're just that much better off. And then I think at this point there's some kind of, like, project management software in place. Because if you've got the volume where you've got a three-person team coming in, there's multiple projects. They're all in different phases. Whether it's the person who manages this department or this kind of creative producer person – you know, they probably need to make sure that everything's being kept track of in that project man- uh, that project management software So I think that's something that is not necessarily a, a, a Skill of the trade, but you know Just something that is required with the volume of work you're doing if you got three person mm-hmm. three people dedicated to video
1: Another so um, Where you you know where you said two three cameras I imagine that just being an evolution of the camera you may have already had at a one yeah. person team is yeah. kind of how we started and, and grew um, and most companies don't have the ability to go out and buy cameras but if you yeah. do um, those are certainly good options where, where I was going to go instead of spending money on the cameras you got to have one or two um, but uh, say, or at least just allocating some of your budget you're going to run into a position into a couple of these videos especially if you're doing like series um <clears throat> where it's like the same host and they're on set you're gonna need a set design something you need to put a little bit of money into the set design and the space itself
0: money should just be a tool for all of these
1: yeah i mean it, it's, not, it's not it's super easy to make video and it's also not easy at all to make. <laughs> depends on what your expectations are i guess but um this is a loud chair yeah uh but yeah so like that and props come up here and there and when you're when you're at this level of production you want some of that stuff to be a little bit more polished mm-hmm. so you want to make sure your lighting is legit and you've got a decent camera that can ha- you know has all the dynamic range that you might want so the images look nice you're gonna want a space that is quiet it's not right next to the bathrooms um one for the or s- elevators. smell, but also, yeah, mostly <laughs> just, the, just the foot traffic and everything. Um, or the smell. And, and that it's, you know, it, it's like a, a an actual space that your team can go to to do the work that they need to do, just like everyone else has a desk. On set is is a is a form of that for us.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's your dream team?
1: When it gets to a full in-house team, I'm trying to think of a company who has this, like, Lenovo, Lenovo around here has one. SAS has one. Yeah. Red I Hat. I don't even know what they look like. But I, even, I don't know what they look like inside those organizations. To be honest, um, I don't. I I don't have anything necessarily prepared for this because I part of my thought was if I were that big, I might be working with several agencies, and that like my in house team would just augment. W- some of that as well, or or vice versa. But mm-hmm. I think it's just with that many people, it's an ever evolving list of people. Um, I don't know that you always have three producers and six mographs. You know, sometimes two people will quit, and then you got to f- put everything onto one person's job and shift this person over a little bit. I don't yeah,
0: know. I, I went less with number of people. I went with the roles mm-hmm. that I would want. I'm um, yeah, satisfied. I do remember my good point um from a little earlier so maybe we can edit that in somewhere here but i think when it comes down to gear um maybe not at the one person team but certainly at the three person team level you should get whatever gear your team says they need because whoever you've got shooting is probably going to have experience with a camera that means Mm -hmm. they're going to want a certain camera over something else so you know, I, I would say if you're if you're considering an in-house team and listening to this episode, this is these are guidelines for what you need to ask your team that that you need to get them. So we're setting the expectation that you're probably going to need to buy one to three cameras, um, but don't buy cameras and say to your team, "Here's what you need to mm-hmm. use." You really need to be at the point where they can say, "I'm going to need an FS7, mm-hmm. or I'm going to need a Nurse Mini Pro, or mm-hmm. I'm going to need you know." Uh, just a DSLR so rely on your team for what they really need we're making suggestions here if you're starting completely from scratch and basically just what to kind of prepare for Um, in terms of the full house team I've got I've got six roles Um, I think if you've got a full in-house team you've got a lot of different types of production that are going on you've got uh, a lot of production going on Um, and it's, it's pretty basic. Uh, you're gonna need a producer or producers whose job is to manage the projects.
1: And chances are at this level, video's probably even a, a part of your offering. Like with SaaS, I imagine like some of this is like uh, implementation for new software that somebody yeah. just bought. I mean, this this is content that goes beyond marketing. Yeah, It's sales teams, it's FAQs, it's how to internal internal
0: communications recruiting hr so you've got your producer producer's role depending on the volume of work you're doing but that's a dedicated producer i think anybody that can be involved in the creative is great but i don't know that you necessarily need a creative producer you need someone who knows how to get this stuff done um you've got writers at this level writer or writers who know how to write for video and that's all they're writing for Mm -hmm. You've got a director or directors whose sole job is to take a brief and turn it into actual video content, understand that vision and direct the shoot. You've got a camera operator or camera operators whose job is to probably light. So they're probably more director of photography types, but their job is the image. What does this stuff look like? Um, How is it lit? How are we capturing it? How are we executing the director's vision on this? then you've probably got multiple editors at that point, mm-hmm. And motion graphics is again. The Specialties so there,
1: they, they get very segmented. They can,
0: yeah, they can be, um, you could probably have one or two people who, who can both edit and MoGraph, but then you've probably got someone who's just a really good editor and just a really good MoGraph uh, person. Um, I think at this point too, with the tools, you've probably got a studio in-house. If you've got these kinds of resources, mm-hmm. you've got your own dedicated space. Um, You're talking about, like, from an editing standpoint, you're probably on shared storage at this point, like some kind of in-house server, so that, you know, your multiple editors and multiple MoGraph people can be working on stuff at the same time and don't have to be handing drives off, that kind of stuff. That gets into a whole thing. Maybe even, like, a dedicated editing bay at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, you know you could probably get away with cubicles for a one person team and a three person team but at the volume you're doing with a you know a minimum six person team you know you're going to want your editor MoGraph people are going to want a space where they can just get away Mm -hmm. and not have the noise of the office at, at that so those are things that I don't know necessarily fit in the budget it'd be great to have a studio and an editing bay for a three person team but you know it's it's once you get to that full in-house team, you really do need yeah, that stuff because they're sports. probably shooting every day, Storage. if not a couple days a week. So there's yeah, uh, and then of course there's there's more gear because if you got the studio, you got all the gear that comes with the studio, blah blah probably blah. Probably doing blah,
1: blah, some blah. stuff on location too, so like yep. a grip truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could you could have an entire like half-ton grip truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think those are the I think those are the the key roles: producer, writer, director, director of photography, editor, motion graphic. I think, you know, and then you just depending on your workflow and the volume of work you're doing, you just have the right number of. You could have three editors and one producer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know that would be my dream kind of in house team.
1: How big do you think like the SaaS team is? I mean,
0: I honestly don't know probably six to 12 people. It's weird how somewhere. they
1: don't seem to circulate in the same community as much, you know, like there's definitely a film community and well, I never I, run
0: it. I think a lot of them just have enough. You, I, it's funny because you come across more of the red hat people. Yes. Lots. Of them. Um, and uh, well, but you know, that actually leads to an interesting question. Where do you find these people? Where do you, where do you <clears throat> find these people to fill out these in-house teams? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think th- I, I would start with the local freelancer community. I would take the, the video vendors that I've been working with, the one-man bands, the editor, what, whatever I've got, and I would start with that network. And just ask. And just ask. Say, who? do you know anybody who's a full-time We're bringing work? this in-house. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll have enough to, yeah. you know, keep some <laughs> stuff coming to you. Or, hey, or sorry, we're matured. bringing this in-house. <laughs> do you want the job? Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody's looking for a full-time job. Sure. A lot of people have the misconception that freelancers want to get – like are looking for something full-time. Yeah. And a lot of freelancers like the flexibility mm-hmm. of being able to set their own schedule and, and do all that. So, But I would start with my existing freelancer network. And if you like their work, one, ask <clears throat> them if they're interested. And then, two, who do they know? Because the freelancers are going to know all the other freelancers. Mm-hmm. That's where I would start mm-hmm. uh, anyway.
1: What, what about film school? I. What's the noise for? Um, I don't know. Film That's, school. I mean, film school I would have said the same thing, a, but do you want to explain
0: it or should I? I you go, then I'll go. Film uh, school is not a necessity. But no. Like, like don't, don't think that you have to bring someone out of film school. Um, I think people coming out of film school have an interesting um, foundation, but I've found that the people who went to film school and have spent time in, I'm going to air quote, the real world, especially when it comes to like video for business. Mm -hmm. Film school is not about video for business. Film school is about like making movies. Yeah. It's very much about stuff like that. Documentaries and, and, and so, uh, yeah. And and so I think the training is different. It is. And I think somebody just out of film school would end up disappointed Mm -hmm. in the work that they're doing. It might be too much of a reality slap in the face, um, not that not that video for business isn't fun and creative and engaging. It's just not what someone coming out of film school, I think, is looking for.
1: Well, even even in growing storyboard media, we've interviewed or talked to a lot of people from film school, and what we do is just so not interesting to them. Yeah,
0: yeah. they they're,
1: they're like, "What am I doing?" Here? Yeah, they want to. We're be, like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're better off coming from business school, and yeah. if you're going to hire someone straight out of college, you're better off hiring. Someone with a marketing degree and teaching them how to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> then you are or the other a way around. creative writing degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, but the yeah the the freelance community is a powerful tool that you could leverage, and there's not there's no nothing wrong if you work full time in a marketing department at a company to walking into one of those and saying, hey, we're starting an in-house team. Curious if any you know, and just start there and to talk to people. Yeah, nice people. They're not going to think you're weird or a traitor or yeah um like a headhunter or anything i don't know yeah and
0: and even outside of freelancers i mean you're you know uh we have worked with clients of ours on building internal teams Mm -hmm. Um, pulling from staff yeah pulling from existing staff which is an interesting people who just had like
1: knacks or hobbies in photography or wanted to learn editing yeah. or whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, the, well, and I think that it's there's a coalition of the willing you're looking for there, too. Yeah. Like, people who, even if they don't have the experience, are, are excited about the opportunity to get into something new. Yep. You're going to get, you know, an extra three to six months out of them before they find out it's not right for them than someone who doesn't want to be doing that in the first place. Um, if you have to go that route. Um, there are also... Um, you know, uh, companies around here like uh, Uncompany um, that works with a lot of freelancers. I think they do some in house development. Yeah, and, they'll, and staffing. they'll. They're specialized in the creative space. Like a staffing
1: agency where like you can get a four month contract mm-hmm. with the software company and then that company can decide they want to hire, hire you full time or yeah. not and everybody has a
0: choice in the matter. Yep. Um, the creative group. Is another um, mm-hmm. offshoot of <clears throat> Robert a, Half. Yeah, Robert Half, big, big staffing big, yeah. agency. Um, you know, and, and so they're they're smart enough to have a division that that focuses on you know those creative arts. What about like Production Hub and those
1: other like?
0: Some- sure, um, I I think uh, I think those are woefully outdated, and it's hard to find quality content. I I would probably go to. Um, LinkedIn or Indeed with a job post before I would go to Production Hub. I would go to LinkedIn and just look at who's in your network. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there, you know, there's, it's all about leveraging the network. It's all about just whoever you talk to. It's not necessarily about whether they're interested. It's who do they know that might be interested that you, you know, that you may have never even heard of.
1: You know, a lot of, I feel like a lot of agencies, they'll have that, you know, I forget what the legal terminology is, but, you can't hire our people. We can't hire yours, kind mm-hmm. of thing.
0: Like a non-compete.
1: But if you you there, you should also, if you've been working with an agency for a while, don't hesitate to ask them if anybody you know, because sometimes people are looking to leave the agency world and go client yeah. side. Yeah. And if long as as long as everyone's okay with it, then that's fine. So yeah. don't be afraid to explore that opportunity either.
0: But also, don't violate any kind of right. non-compete. Non- You'll need recruiting. to go through all the proper channels yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, Okay, and I think we've already talked a little bit about how how you integrate them with your existing team. I think for your smaller team, your one-person, your three-person team, they're going to be working with a lot of your existing team Mm -hmm. to get stuff done anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Your your producer or director uh, is going to be working with your content strategist. To understand how this video fits into an overall strategy, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of, they're not going to just live on their own uh, in their own little bubble. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of, even if you've got a full team, there's going to be someone there who's responsible to, you know, for making sure that it aligns with the overall strategy and, and campaigns and messaging and all that kind of stuff anyway. And oftentimes, if you're the person putting these teams together, that's going to be your job to make sure that the content that the video team is producing aligns with the content that the social team is producing or you know the brochures team everybody loves that brochures team uh, is producing so yeah anything you want to add on building in-house teams mm. other than that it's a horrible how that, idea how about that great <laughs> <trying> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. bottom line don't do it, it just <laughs> hire us
0: that, is that what we're getting at no um <clears throat> Did you did you remember that great idea you had? Yeah, I'm gonna hold on to that one for later. Oh, it's that good. That's pretty good. Hey, you gotta gotta stick around on the Instagram live to hear that one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going anymore. Hey guys, is the Instagram live still going? It's a 60 minute time limit. Ah. Ah. Last time we
1: did it. This time we didn't.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess everyone's now listening just to hear what they missed on the Instagram live. Yeah so okay should we thank our sponsor
1: yeah um, Cozy Toes which apparently are just socks
0: yeah (laughs) okay thank you to Cozy Toes and uh, make sure to you know do all the downloads subscribes rates we haven't gotten a a review in a while it'd be nice to have somebody come up with something even if it's like an inside joke or something
1: yeah we don't have to get it
0: yeah I I, (laughs) that is one way yes someone else's inside joke just make that your review Uh, And of course, join us on our next episode, which uh, as of right now is going to be about video trends for 2020. Um, 2020. It's like a New Year. All my time. Yeah. No, I think that one's scheduled for like December 23rd. Oh, do we have, we have, we have, what's this one? December 9th. December 9th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know It's just Just whatever. to pull back the curtain Today is Tuesday October 29th When we're actually recording
1: I always this. find it interesting when People I uh, like to see What the light time is
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, like if they mentioned, Like today in the news You see whatever And yeah. then you listen to it Three days
0: later Did just, you see the, the, the Trump went to the baseball game And they chanted Lock him up Like then you'd be like Wait when did that happen Yeah Three years ago No, well, It was Sometime in the Days preceding really Tuesday, October 29th Melania is a she.
1: Oh, no, I always thought she was a Russian agent. Well, that's a that's a Russian part of the
0: That's a different podcast.